0: Welcome to the Not All Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelzang, And as part of our Smithsonian Associates Healthcare Innovation Interview Series, we have an excellent interview with Dr. Barry Gordon, founder of the Memory Clinic at Johns Hopkins Medical Institutions. And Dr. Gordon will be presenting at the Smithsonian Associates Program June 22nd. And the title of his presentation is Making the Most of Your Memory. More details are available on our website. Are you worried about your memory or someone else's? Do you want to understand more about how your memory works? How you might help it work better and stave off declines? Dr. Barry Gordon, a nationally recognized expert on memory and memory disorders, explains to us how each of us has many different kinds of memories, our own individual patterns of strengths and weaknesses, and how we might better appreciate what these patterns are. Dr. Barry Gordon tells us what memory and mental skills are likely to get worse with aging, which are incorrectly blamed on aging, and which may actually improve as we get older. Dr. Gordon describes useful memory and mental skills we should try harder to keep sharp. And Dr. Gordon suggests interventions and lifestyle changes that are most likely to help us to improve our ability to pay attention, to think, and to remember at any age. Please join me in welcoming to The Not Old Better Show via internet phone, Smithsonian Associate, Dr. Barry Gordon. Dr. Barry Gordon, welcome to the program.
1: Paul, my pleasure, and please call me Barry.
0: (laughs) Okay, good. Well, thank you very much. Well, this, of course, this subject, Memory, is one that you and I have talked about before. You're gonna be back at Smithsonian Associates though with some some new information to share, some really great stuff, and I'm excited to talk to you today. Why don't you why don't we start by you telling us briefly about your upcoming Smithsonian Associates presentation? And then maybe and what's different perhaps from last time is that we're all on Zoom these days. So maybe how you're gonna be using Zoom to engage our audience. Very
1: good. So the topic is making the most of your memory. And I have discussed this before, but I do think there's a couple of newer things that can be said, and in addition, there's some more solid evidence about some of the points I brought up before that I think needs to be addressed. We've also heard a lot more about aspects of memory lately, I think, and we've all been suffering um, kind of a blow to our memory or a blow to what affects our memory, which is our change in circumstances because of COVID-19. So what I hope to do in this seminar is tell people something about how their memory normally works. Because the way it normally works will show you a bit about or tell people a bit about how it doesn't always work very well. And in fact, normal memory, normal human memory doesn't work anywhere near as well as we think perhaps it should. And that's perfectly normal. So a lot of the worry that people have about their memory is precisely because their memory is working exactly the way human memory works. (laughs) Okay and I hope to reassure people about that. In fact, I usually tell people they should listen to me and note the mistakes I make in speaking <laughs> because hopefully I'm normal enough that <laughs> they can count that as an, a sign if he makes those errors, I can make those errors it's just as well. <laughs> what I then what I want to do also with the information or knowledge about how our memory works is to describe some of the ways it doesn't work as well, some of the things that gum up the works. All right? And then I want to talk about some of the diseases that we rightfully have to fear because of memory. Or we rightfully have to fear because we're growing older. Um, We're not at this point in our 20s where we could shrug off virtually everything. We now know that there are things on the horizon or things that could affect us. And I want to tell people what they might look like and what they may or may not have to worry about. And I then want to discuss what people can do immediately – to try to help their memory get better. And then over the longer term, what they can do to help it get better. And to the extent possible, uh, protect themselves against, well, I'll call it the ravages of aging, the slings and arrows of aging, and just all the things that impede and prevent us from having a maximal memory capacity. Okay. So that's what I'm gonna be discussing in the hour and a half seminar, plus a half hour of what I hope will be questions and answers.
0: Well I've got some questions absolutely and and maybe to a certain extent you can reassure me a bit as cuz I'm growing older I'm 64 and I I don't think I'm necessarily worried about my memory but but I forget some details perhaps some details from you know that might be a little further back I'll say that in in my kind of memory bank and sometimes I do fail to recall some things. I'm pretty good with names, but details, I read a lot of books, and so sometimes books, I might you know merge a title or two. And so how worried and again, you can reassure me a little bit. How worried <laughs> well, should we be? Well,
1: just by talking to you, it's clear that you're still remembering well <laughs> okay. you haven't you haven't forgotten you're doing right. a radio program. <laughs> you haven't forgotten who I am and that it's about memory. so you're already you're already ahead of the game. That's all good. <laughs> the simple fact is, is that human memory does forget details. It's, it's actually more of a memory for gist. And we push it, we push its limits when we ask it to remember specifics, when we ask it to remember specific people, specific titles, specific places and things. And human memory normally actually confuses those. It doesn't have sharp edges. It blurs things. That's actually one of the virtues of our memory, but it does Causes consternation, just as you have and I mm-hmm. periodically have, or at the very least embarrassment.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: so, part of the part of the thing is is that, and part of the problem is is that memory diseases, for the most part, don't begin suddenly. So they merge into what is normal memory, or their beginnings merge into what is normal memory, and that's part of the problem why people get worried. One. Important factor, though, is in general, if you can remember that you've forgotten things, then you clearly have a memory, (laughs) and that's actually a helpful sign. In general, the more you can remember about what you forget, the less likely it is something's actually wrong with your memory per se, and the more likely something else has been interfering with it that has nothing to do necessarily with your brain, but just other circumstances like an onslaught of information or too many books that Mm -hmm. seem the same, or for that matter, too many political events Mm -hmm. that seem the same or whatever you want to call it. (laughs) So yes, should we be worried about our memories at age 64, 74, 84? We should worry about our brains, but worrying about everyday forgetting is not, it's everyday forgetting. Now, does it get worse with age? For most people, it does get worse with age. Some of that seems to be because the brain itself is having more problems as we get older. Some of those problems may not be, how can I call it, serious in a sense. They're annoying. Some of the problems may simply be, for example, that parts of the brain are out of tune with each other. And just like any instrument that gets out of tune, they don't work as well, but they're not necessarily bad. <laughs> um Other aspects of getting older that interfere with memory are simply you have too much to remember or more to remember, and it interferes with it. So when you're younger, if if we had met when we were 20, how many Pauls might I know? Well, now that we're both in our 60s or 70s, we now know a lot of Pauls, Mm -hmm. and you may know more Barrys, Mm -hmm. and they kind of interfere with each other in memory. So some of what happens with aging is because there's more packed into our head. Some of it is because our brains are simply not as efficient as they were before. And some, maybe to some extent, what we might call a disease or dysfunction to the brain, although that's still debated in what we'll call normal aging.
0: Is the brain and the memory within it a capacity issue? Is it is it like, can we think about it like a hard drive on a computer? Is there just only so much room for the number of berries and polls out there that we <laughs> kind of soak up?
1: well yes and no the um a computer is digital and so it has a defined capacity uh, it's ones and zeros and you can say when it gets full but human memory actually has fuzzy borders so it's much harder to pin down what our memory capacity is like because it doesn't behave the way a computer does it doesn't behave the way a storage system or warehouse would behave okay <laughs> and um for example, Paul is not just Paul, but also Paulette, Mm -hmm. um, Ball, as in crying. Mm-hmm. Um, you can think of a number of associations. Uh, I might associate you, you with an apostle. You might associate Barry with Barry Goldwater or some other Barry's. There's a Barry Gordon who was president of the Screen Actors Guild, whom mm-hmm. I'm never confused with for some reason. But, <laughs> but uh, you know. It should be, though. <laughs> and I have to also tell you that on the radio, at least, sometimes I was confused with Barry Gordy,
0: the, mm-hmm. former, the head okay. of Motown. Yeah.
1: And, and that's because our memory has these associations. It doesn't have crisp edges. It blurs and automatically distorts and associates things. So, getting back to your question of capacity, it's been very hard to pin down memory capacity. But there's an interesting aspect of that. Um, you can train your memory, and people do, to have very large capacity because if you give a trick for organization, You can help it sort out things. You can counter that tendency for edges to be blurred by sorting things into different piles, if you like. And that's what's called the paradox of the expert. In theory, the more you remember, the more should interfere with each other. The more it should take up space and clutter up things and everything else. The Pauls, Paulette, Paul, Barry, Barry the Apostle, Barry, Gordy, Barry, Barry Gordy, et cetera, should all interfere with each other. And they do up to some extent. But the more you train your memory, the more you train your mind, you can keep things distinct. And when you organize things, then you can discover you can have an enormous capacity for your memory because you sort them out. And the memory, and you sort them out both in coming in and you sort them mm-hmm. out in going out.
0: So just as all of us have different kinds of memories, you know, some of us might know Barry Gordy. Some of us might know Barry Gordon very well. Are there individual patterns and strengths and, and weaknesses that are specific to us?
1: Well, people may not realize their own strengths and weaknesses. So, so first of all, people differ a great deal among them, mm-hmm. each other. Um, you may have, for example, a great auditory memory. I may have a better visual memory or more likely vice versa or something like that. It turns out there's an awful lot of differences in the way people their capacities, individual differences. There are vast differences. And spouses often know this (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. their spouse. I was thinking that right now. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) Some of it seems to be, I'll call it innate, all right, or, or present early in life. Some occurs with training. So if you're interested in a topic, for example, you develop a better memory for it than if you didn't have the interest in it at all. And That's actually one of the clues to how you can improve memory. It it relates back to the organization I mentioned. But let's step back a little bit further earlier into memory. In order to get something into your head, you have to pay attention to it in general. So let me talk about the ways you can improve your memory or make things work better. I'll I'll call it over the short run and then talk about the longer run. So let's go back to getting it into your head. If you don't pay attention, (laughs) then it just doesn't get in. Now, there are certain kinds of memory that happen automatically, and I'll discuss them in the longer Smithsonian format, but for the most part, the memories we're interested in, if you're not paying attention to them, you won't remember them because they won't get in in the first place. So that's the first kind of roadblock, if you like. Um, There's even a roadblock before that, which I'll, I'll mention, which is not to worry about your memory. If you think you're having memory problems and are monitoring yourself, you're interfering with the way your mind works. So it's just like an actor or actress who is trained, if you make a mistake on stage, forget it and move on. Uh, Some people have memory problems simply because they worry that they're going to have memory problems and they spend their time and energy thinking about that. Okay, suppose we've taken care of that problem. We're not worried. We've learned to pay attention. Then we face another interesting problem. Our minds are designed a little bit like a computer in that there's a temporary memory I mentioned and the more permanent memory and this temporary memory has to be converted into permanent memory by our minds but our minds are clever about that they don't want just everything getting in so there's kind of a regulatory system a regular that that makes it permanent solidifies it but it only does it for things that we must remember that are important to us or that we feel are important to us So if you don't want to learn, if you don't have any interest in learning, you won't learn very well because it doesn't – that temporary memory is not converted into a permanent memory. So one of the other tricks for learning is to make it – is to consciously try to learn, not to let it just wash over you, but to say, I need to know this. I need to remember – the name of that individual. I need to remember that I left my car in this spot of the parking lot. <laughs> okay. Um, I need to remember that I put the clothes in the dryer, or I need to remember that I did lock the house before I left it mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. like that. And, uh, that'll go a long way towards improving memory over the short run. Should you care to do it that way? The um, beyond that, you brought up individual differences in like people's visualization, and that, again, depends on the person. Some people may be able to remember better by organizing things in their head visually. Uh, one common technique known to the Greeks, by the way, is called the method of loci, and it's existed in several different forms, which is you take something familiar, like a house— And as you're trying to learn something, you mentally place the items you're trying to learn or the people, for that matter, you're trying to learn into different rooms of the house. And then when you try to remember them again, recall them later, you kind of walk through those rooms and see who's there. (laughs) Say it out loud. And what that does is it relieves part of the burden from your mind of remembering. It attaches something 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 new to something familiar. And that attachment provides kind of a clue, an anchor to keep it separate from something else and a clue to get it back again. Now, by the way, when I say that, that's never worked for me, <laughs> <Okay>? never, <laughs> ever worked for me. Um, but some people find it very effective. And I mentioned earlier, for example, there are some people who can visualize very, very well and they can use that visualization capability to remember. There's other people who can remember the sounds of things very well. There's even some people who can remember smells well. Whatever works, they often have discovered it already. But in fact, the best way is a pencil and paper, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, up to a point, if you, if you can, um, offload your memory. And the reason is is that, again, as I said, it's, our memories are not really that great. And if it's anything important, as we all know, you write it down. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the simple act of writing, by the way, also helps solidify memory. So it's not just that you've got a system there that you can use, but it actually helps solidify it in your mind. And um, often by writing something down, that act solidifies it enough that you don't even have to reference your note again. You can remember it. So those are some of the simple things people can do to try to improve their memory functioning, mm-hmm. at least over the short term.
0: I like the idea of the house, and this will this will stay with me too, Barry, because in my mind, as you were talking about these rooms in the house, immediately I jumped to the song – Um, I've been working on the railroad and and the one lyric there, someone's in the kitchen with Dinah. (laughs) There you go. I thought, okay, that's how I will remember that. (laughs) And especially if you meet Dinah. (laughs) Especially if I see Dinah at some point, yes. (laughs) We are with Dr. Barry Gordon. Dr. Gordon is a professor of neurology and cognitive science at the Johns Hopkins Medical Institutions where he founded the Memory Clinic. Well, Barry, you refer to these most recent months in our COVID kind of time frame that we've all really been in, this lockdown. When we kind of include COVID in this picture, I imagine that that's added to a lot of stress, that that's probably done some damage to to our memories. But I wonder, as as a society, are we experiencing more rapid memory declines and disorders over the last few years? And, and that would include the toll that, that COVID might be taking on us. And I wonder, is stress just this major uh, dampener of our ability to, to recall and to kind of put things in their special order that we need to have in, in order to to recall?
1: Well, yes, I won't. <laughs> the short answer is yes. But now let me expand on mm, that.
0: It's a long question, I, yeah.
1: I won't mm-hmm. claim to know how COVID-19 has affected our memories in general, but mm-hmm. we can mm-hmm. we can see a number of ways it could be expected to have affected our memories. First of all, our routines have been totally disrupted and disruption of routine almost always disrupts memory. In some ways, it's like the house I mentioned earlier is being demolished or you've moved into a new home Mm. and it takes a while Mm -hmm. to get situated again. So that's a known factor. Stress is a known factor as well. I mean, people are rightfully worried in many situations. A little bit of stress is often thought to be beneficial because it kind of energizes people. But too much stress means you're diverting mental energy from trying to just, well, do whatever you were doing, let alone remembering. And so it's a well-known acid or has a deleterious effect on memory. And we could expect all of that. But, but in general, the good news is you can also expect those things to go away. These tend to be temporary things, um, changes in schedule, changes in stress level, And we're kind of built for a lot of that. And when they go away, we bounce back. Um, But it may leave a hole in our memories because during that time, if we're not laying down permanent memories, they're not there. They're not there to be retrieved. Um, A lot of people have experienced the fact that when every day feels exactly the same, you can't tell even Mm -hmm. what day it is Mm -hmm. anymore.
0: (laughs) Our memory is a very deep Uh, process and and the function of it is highly evolved, I, I would imagine. And so you've mentioned learning, that that will help us keep our memory, and will, or at least will help our memory. I wonder if, if something as simple as memory games or crossword puzzles. Yeah, you know, I could tell you're you're chuckling here. Are these worth us pursuing? Do they? I mean, aside from the fun that we might get from it, is this a good way to stimulate our memories?
1: Well, I have an ongoing debate at my, in my home <laughs> setting about that, I, <laughs> uh, I can imagine. which is probably not going to be responsive to evidence. <laughs> the, uh, the simple fact is this. Um, we actually don't know how humans learn, really. And we don't know why we're able to learn so well. Um, I'll, I'll just state that boldly. And, and we don't know, for example, why people are able to what's called generalize. Uh, very well, and how you learn to generalize. The problem with all the so-called brain games, etc., is this. They, you, you learn a specific set of facts and functions and abilities, but it's been very difficult to establish that people generalize beyond them. So what I recommend is that people do those things because they enjoy them, right? but there's really no evidence that they improve mental function in general. Now, if you enjoy doing it, that's that's one thing, but don't do it because you think you're going to be protecting your brain against the ravages of old age. It just doesn't work that way, as far as anybody can tell right now. There are other things you should do to try to protect your brain against the ravages of old age, and hopefully we'll be able to talk about mm-hmm. those. But but doing crossword puzzles or or playing parcheesi or anything else like that is not probably going to do it. And the the so called brain games. Mm-hmm haven't yet been shown to really, really improve mental function. Um, they may improve people's satisfaction level, but not necessarily mental function as a whole.
0: Well, let's go there then. Why don't you tell us some practical skills that you know that we might put into practice for ourselves that will keep us sharp and that we can then work on and try harder each day to keep sharp?
1: Well, but, the funny thing about the practical skills is they have nothing much to do with the mind. <laughs> the practical hmm. skills are being aerobically fit, actually. The the one Mm -hmm. thing that's currently been shown best to help stave off any mental decline and keep the brain working well is to be aerobically fit. Uh, Muscle strength, maybe, but aerobic fitness currently has the data. What I actually recommend to people is that they make a little tally of what their, I'll call it their problem areas are, um, in others, we can't do anything about our genes. We can't do anything about early childhood and early childhood education, but we can do something if we have a problem with hearing, if we have a problem with sleep, if we have a problem with high blood pressure or heart disease, um, or if we're smoking or drinking to excess where excess has never been clearly defined, but, you know, you kind of mm-hmm. know it when you hit it. Um, mm-hmm. and those are the, those are the most modifiable factors in a person's lifestyle. If you work on and the curious one, by the way, although it's been known for a while, but the curious one that has been surfacing more lately is the hearing loss. No one quite knows why, but for some reason, hearing loss has been associated with accelerated – well, with basically dementia. Um, and there's possible reasons for that, but the net the net recommendation now is if people have hearing loss, they should get a hearing aid. Um, Yes, that that advice is much easier to say than to do, but that's what things should be done. And I mentioned these other factors because if you have these problems, that's where you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck in taking care of your, your own health and improving your brain function. It's now been pretty conclusively shown, I believe, that, for example, treatment of hypertension, especially in midlife, will prevent or help prevent problems later in life. Um, so those are the those are the big ones that you can do to to take care of your own risk factors. But then, for everybody, well, again, aerobic exercise uh, judiciously is what has been shown fairly conclusively, I think, to help improve mental function. The reasons for that are not completely known, by the way, and maybe even far from completely known. but the the net result is very clear, and that's been tested both in what I'll call longitudinal studies or correlational studies, but also in direct tests where people have been well, sedentary people have been exercised and shown to improve their mental capacity. Now you may just, first of all, I, I should mention that any such comments by me you should realize are meant for general purposes and anybody who wants to undertake an exercise program should really check with their physician. These everything has risks. And as well as potential benefits, and they ought to be aware of those risks as well. But uh, that's that's where the game seems to be. All right, now,
0: Dr. Barry Gordon's been our guest today. Dr. Barry Gordon is a nationally recognized expert on memory and memory disorders. Dr. Gordon founded the Memory Clinic at the Johns Hopkins Medical Institution. But Dr. Perry Gordon, thanks for talking to us again. I certainly appreciate it. I always enjoy connecting with you and chatting. And as things develop more in this area, we, we would love to have you back because this is, I, I think, a, an area where you're certainly doing a lot of, you're your, you and your team are doing a lot of research and we'd, we'd love to be able to tap into that to just sharpen our skills.
1: Paul, I'd be delighted. It's always been a pleasure, and you ask very stimulating questions. I'm sorry I can't give definitive answers to many of them, but that's what people are working on. Okay. Thanks again, Paul. You're more than welcome. Take care. Paul.
0: My thanks to Dr. Barry Gordon and the team at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. Hopefully today's show will give you ideas to keep in mind and to memorize about your memory, memory lapses, and how to improve my thanks to the smithsonian associate team for all they do to support the show my thanks to you my wonderful not old better show audience be safe and remember let's talk about better the not old better show until next time thanks everybody